Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to CLNS Media, powered by betonline.ag. Go to clnsmedia.com slash roll. Use our promo code CLNS50 for 50% off your first deposit. Hello there. Welcome back to the Winning Plays podcast with Brian Robb and Michael Pina. I'm Rich Levine. And guys, we're recording this on a Tuesday afternoon, less than a week before the start of NBA free agency. And we have much to discuss. Uh, We're going to look at the few different paths that the Boston Celtics can take this summer. And some of the names that might be a part of whichever road they take. We're talking about Kemba Walker, Kemba Walker, uh, Nikola Vucevic. Uh, but first, we're going to remind you to please subscribe to the Winning Plays podcast wherever it is you might listen. It's a big help for our numbers. Uh, give us a follow on our Twitter account. That's at Winning Plays Pod. Uh, as always, shout out to CLNS Media for hosting this show. Shout out to BetOnline.ag, uh, the best sponsor we've ever had. And uh, guys, Mike and B-Rob, uh, sh- I would say shortly before we started recording today, uh, Mark Stein had a, uh, an interesting tweet from a Celtics perspective. He tweets, the Celtics, I'm told, are emerging as a stealth suitor for Charlotte Hornets free agent Kemba Walker. So, and I, and I guess since then, he's sort of taken back the stealth. So now the, the Celtics are just regular road suitors. They're, they're in, the, in the driver's seat, maybe, to pursue Kemba Walker. What do, they, B-Rob, they, our, our resident they took Celtics their, beat writer, what do we got? They took their mask off. So that yes. like, you can see who they are. <laughs> Stuff is gone. Um, yeah, this is... Mike, I believe we talked about Kemba a little bit uh, last week in our yes. podcast just as a as a potential possibility here. But it... Uh, and I, I will have to say I randomly spent some time on his basketball reference page last night because that's how... Randomly, huh? Randomly, randomly. Nice. Uh, you know... Um, going through dozens of possibilities for the Celtics. Um, two things stuck out for me there. Number one with Kemba, guess how many games he's missed in the last four years? Three. Five. Six. Wow. So you I guys win. are both very close. Mike, good job. Thank you. Um, Danny, Danny, one of Danny's favorite quotes, your best ability is availability. Yes, and so I think that equals... That's probably what Kyrie's games missing by Kyrie in Cleveland over the last <laughs> two years was, I believe, also six. So that um, lines up well there. And the, the other number that stuck out to me with Kemba just in, you know, beyond the usual, um, guess where he ranked in free throw attempts in the league last year for both of you guys? Fifth. Twelfth. Uh, All right, not 22nd. Okay. 5.5.8. But still, for a six-foot-one <laughs> guard, um, again, given where the Celtics were at in that uh, department last year, uh, 
definitely uh, something he does much better than Kyrie on that front. So, I don't know, Mike. This is, I mean, I feel like this one is going to be right up your alley since you've been on the team of, you know, regroup and get back at it with the Max right away in free agency here. But after that research, it's already, I was already starting to come around and be like, hmm, he would be an interesting guy in here. And also, obviously, without the baggage of um, someone like Harry in terms of clearly the off the court stuff. Yeah, I think that there's a few routes that the Celtics could take with if if they should choose to open up max cap space by renouncing Rogier and Marcus Morris and Kyrie and Horford both leave. I just think that I've said this a few times that, you know, being as aggressive as possible, this is the year to do it. I think you are in the money with a max guy in that you can contend legitimately if you get the right player and everything else falls in line and you kind of support him with smart value signings throughout the roster. So uh, Kemba, like he, he makes a lot of sense. He reminds me in a lot of ways of how the Celtics used Isaiah Thomas a few years ago. Um, Just a, a dynamic point guard who. Uh, doesn't necessarily need the ball in his hands at all times, who is really crafty off the ball, um, uh, familiar, will basically be familiar with uh, Brad Stevens' offensive system, who can also run a ton of pick and roll, who has gotten better basically every year in important areas, i.e. three-point shooting, uh, and... Uh, he actually took the fourth most threes last season, which is just kind of remarkable if you remember how much of a question mark that was earlier in his career. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kemba is, he's really, really good. And if you were to pay him a max now, like he's, he just turned 29 years old. So there's the, there's a little bit of a danger there in, in the latter part of the deal, but the risk is, is, is more than worth it, in my opinion. Um, he's the only I'm, one that makes sense to me. He's the only one, huh? And when, we're, when we're talking about Max guys that the Celtics are going to... Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's the only guy that I'm, that I'm locked in on that, that I think if you're going to go that route of getting the, like, to, to using that Max space, he's, he's the perfect fit for this team right now. So, Rich, Kawhi Leonard's agent calls. Uncle Dennis calls you and says, I want to play for the Celtics. Do you say... You're not Kemba Walker. Click. No, I'm, I'm, I'm talking, I'm talking, in, re- I'm talking in reality <laughs> right now. Um, I, I, okay. Uncle okay. Dennis doesn't have my number anymore. But no, like sure, sure, there are a few guys. So I'm saying of the of the, of the dudes that we're going to discuss today, uh-huh. I, I don't know. Kemba just makes a lot of sense in so many ways. Just from a personality standpoint, he's going to be everything that you didn't have with Kyrie. I mean, you look now. So we had. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He's played eight seasons in Charlotte. Can you imagine? If, if, I mean, I know you can't. <laughs> Kyrie wouldn't have lasted two. But, I mean, there are very few players who I think could have done what he did the last eight years, still continue to get better, still continue to be, like, the consummate leader. And I think, with it, I think Marcus Smart is a perfect guy to play alongside Kemba. Gordon Hayward, I just, I, just, I just think he compliments them perfectly. I just, I, I'd be very excited about this. And I, and I don't understand. I know, like, obviously, Char can give him more money, but, like, you know, at what yeah, point do, do, do you have to put the extra $30 million or whatever it is aside, right? 
<laughs> I mean, he's already made $50 million in his, in, in his career, and he's got at least one more big contract left. I don't know if that's going to be a make or break to, to spend a, a, a bunch more years doing what he's been doing the last eight. That doesn't seem very fun to me. Yeah, I think that, well, I think this is the last contract, the last big contract for him. But uh, so that fifth year might be valuable. And, you know, he has spe- spoken uh publicly repeatedly about how he wants to be in charlotte which is admirable for him but at the same time i'm assuming that he also wants to be in the playoffs and up his profile on a national stage and play on nationally televised games more than once a season um what's he supposed to say when, when they ask him that question too right yeah sure um yeah definitely but um he's also he's just a he seems like a very high character high quality person and if you want like all of the qualities from the 2018-19 celtics to just completely evaporate you you get guys like kemba walker in your door next season it's funny that kemba actually might be somewhat responsible for causing a rift between Kyrie and brad stevens when Kyrie threw Brad under the bus for not double teaming him. I remember that game. Yeah, we, yeah. Then, we weren't trapping in the fourth. We court, weren't trapping yeah. in the fourth. So the universe um, works in mysterious ways, right? Um, but yeah, no. It, it, this is one guy again. We talk about and Rich mentioned guys that like just make f- sense in terms of the fit. This also makes sense in terms of like you said the pitch. Like the Hornets, even if they if they keep him, they're not going to be able to surround him with. He's not. He has no hope of getting out of the first round for another two to three years in right. the Eastern Conference. No way. There's. It's just they have so much bad contracts on the books. If they keep them, they're going to have to. And apparently, avoiding the luxury tax is a priority for them. And they, if they keep them, that means they're going to have to be dumping contracts left and right, all of which are terrible. Whether it's Batum, Kid Gilchrist, um, Bismack Biombo, etc. So it's it's one of the most I, I mean, I wrote an article two years ago, I think, and the headline was the Charlotte Hornets are the most hopeless team in the NBA. And I think that that basically still applies. If I had to evergreen column. Yeah, it is. It's like, what what is your path to a deep playoff run in Charlotte? It does not exist. You did not hit on the key draft picks that you like. You did not hit on Malik Monk. I guess we'll see what happens with Bridges, who admitted that he played like ass last year. So it's like, I, I, it's just a really hopeless situation. So the money is real, but if I were the Celtics, I would, I would really have a fun time selling him on, on why being in Boston is just a different experience. Who'd they draft? Who's, who's that guy? Who's PJ Washington. PJ Washington. So yeah, yeah that's okay. So they, they're still they not going to get that the first round. That was a very, that was a very Hornets pick, by the yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, they, but they, yeah, they, but the. Saying they like, they like the, taking the people from like, Kentucky. If you go to a big school, they'll, they'll notice you. Yeah. Right. So you look at, yeah, so the Celtics will clearly have that in their column. You know, the, the Hornets can obviously pay him up to five years, 220. The Celtics can max out at four years and $440 million. But realistically, there's no way that Kempo's going to get that kind of money anyway from the Hornets. And even them going five years, 190, which is the usual max, seems like a stretch given their financial, you know, predicament here. What's interesting to me about... uh, No, go ahead, Rich. Uh, I was going to take it a little... You go first, I'll go afterwards. Yeah, what's interesting to me about Kemba is 
how like how great he was, especially in the first few months of last season, yeah. with the supporting cast that he had. Like that's that's a huge thing that would really attract me to him if I were the Celtics, because it's like okay, you did this there, and now you have, like, look at the talent that you will have around you. You'll have a healthier Gordon Hayward who might be an all-star or, or or knocking on that door next season, who has the pedigree. You have Jason Tatum looking to take a step forward. You have Jalen Brown. You have Marcus Smart. You have this uh, culture that the, that the team is aggressively looking to get back to. You have Brad Stevens, who you've known for a very long time. I just think that it's... It's uh, it, look, they have more work to do uh, around the margins for sure before they become a team that can win three playoff series, let alone four. But it's just a, such a much better situation. I mean, I mean, Kemba was like thrilled when they got Tony Parker last year. That's just kind of <laughs> it speaks to the situation he's been through. It's, right. Uh, I, I was going to say he's 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 29. He's been through enough now that he. You know, it's not even like you get it and then you lose it and then you realize it. he just never had it. I mean, granted, he had it in UConn. You know, he knows what it's like to, to play at the top of the world. But like, you know, after so long and, and, and Charlie, you've seen those games like no one goes, no one cares to, to come back to New England, to be in Boston and again, be surrounded by the guys you mentioned, Mike, and to play in front of that, that crowd. And, and even if you take away the culture, if you take away Brad Stevens, the Celtics are still a top notch organization in terms of how they treat players. Like you got the brand new practice facility, like everything is right, and he's coming in at the time of his career, like you know, a little bit younger, but similar to like when Ray and KG and, and Paul came together, when they're like, all right, let's Paul put all the bullshit aside. Kevin didn't even have that much bullshit. Let's put it all aside, and we're going to focus on winning. And I think that he can present a, a, a formidable core, you know, along with Marcus Smart and 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 Gordon and, J- and Jason. We'll see what happens with that, but him and Marcus, I think that's a a, a backcourt to really build on. Don't forget about Carson Edwards. Yeah, exactly. It would be like, well, he's taking shots from Carson Edwards, which is the one downside to this, right? But you know, that's... Yeah, I forget it actually. <laughs> <laughs> so here's hypothetically. So what what happens here? Obviously, for the Celtics to get him is you you say goodbye to everyone. Obviously, in terms of renouncing Rosier works more like you said, Mike. And so this is your your depth chart. Um, if you get him. In the backcourt, you'd have Kemba, Smart, Carson Edwards. Um, wings would be Jalen, Romeo Langford, Hayward, Tatum. And then your frontcourt players are get ready, guys. Grant Williams, <laughs> Robert Williams, Yabu, and Ojale. Um, All right. And, so how do you how do you bring so in, how, do, how do you bring yeah, in more big guys? What do you, right. So how do so you okay, what, what are we doing? So you have the four point six million room level exception, um, which is essentially a replacement for the mid level when you're under the cap, and trades. So I I I'm buying the Kool Aid in terms of the fit and the offense and Walker and Smart together. You still have a long way to go to contend in the East here with that depth chart i feel like you need size for sure um i'm trading jalen i was about to say i think that if you dangle jalen um in the last year of his contract yep i feel like you could get uh someone like miles turner not not insane of a target hmm. um i was gonna say so that's funny be interesting <laughs> yeah, well, the, the money would be easier for Sabonis. 
It w- it would be easier. Yeah, I, I'm thinking more of. I I kind of would like. I love Sabonis, and I actually think he might be a better player than Miles Turner. But I like Miles Turner's skill set more next to Jason Tatum long term, and next to Kemba Walker long term as a pick and pop guy, um, who can protect the rim, kind of be a safety net back there. Um, so yeah. Oh, uh, number one fan. Not not me this time. Yogi does not like that. That's Yogi, right? Yeah, it's Yogi. He is. Oh, no, he is. Mike, you really. <laughs> like, Miles Turner, not a good fit here. No, I guess Next not. Next option. <laughs> um, and especially, there seem to be a fair number of legitimate centers that are up for grabs in one way or another. Yeah, I think that you could actually get someone who's quality as a. Excuse me, on the like a vet mem or even the room exception, if you were to cho- if you chose to use that, there's just so many names. Birab, you kind of went through them last week, but do you have that the list in front of you? Or? Yeah, I can pull okay. it back up here. Yeah, it is. So there's Rich, so many guys. It's, I mean, Deadman is he on? The it list? is a tough. It's yeah, Deadman's definitely on the list. It's, it's you're not going to get Deadman. You're though. not going to get Deadman because he's a guy who's going to be in more demand. But you know, a guy you could easily get. I feel like. A Robin Lopez, um, like Willie Cauley Stein, like guy who you could go to guys and be like, "Hey, do you want to be get a ton of great numbers in Brad Stevens' offense as a starting center for like pretty much what Brooke Lopez did with the Bucks last year? Like, go to a team that can rebuild your value due to a great role and take less money than you could probably get elsewhere to have that opportunity." Does Robin, yeah. does Robin have that's, the Robin I think that's going to be. So they need, they need that sort of range to, to, to turn. I mean, Brooke, Brooke was, I think, a very special situation. I don't know if Rolo has that, but I, w- I, would, I wouldn't mind having Robin Lopez. He's a great locker room guy, too, and he, d- he does a lot of the simple things that, that you need. Just like the. I mean, he does protect the rim. He's a good passer out of the post. I think he'd fit pretty well. Yeah, he. The one worry of him is he doesn't defensive rebound at all well. So I would be. If you're playing him with Tatum in the front court, that could get ugly. But I agree, like defensively. Well, isn't he the? Is aren't his numbers like his team is so much better on the defensive glass because of his ability to box out? Isn't that the? Uh, might be. I mean, that's pretty sure that's Robin Lopez, but I'm not a hundred percent on that. Off the, um, I would, I believe you if that was the case, because um, yeah, he's, that he's bad. pretty active down there, and uh, yeah, um, yeah, no, I mean. The Celtics, they have what they can sell them on is basically, hey, come here. We have a ton of opportunity for you. Like maybe not in the same vein of uh, of, of, of a parallel skill set as Brooke Lopez, but but you will have an opportunity minutes wise to show what you can do, whatever that is, to help everybody. And then, especially if it's a one year deal, then you can hit the open market after and really cash out. Um, so that's that would probably be my guess in terms of what exactly they're looking for. I, like stretch vibes are pretty tough to come across. Um, I'm gonna give you like, two options. Right. Okay, Boban or Javale McGee. Uh, I would take. I would probably take Javale over Boban. You're up. Um, yeah. For a, a veterans minimum guy. Yeah. I'm looking further down the list. <laughs> I would like Javale too, Mike. Yeah, I would. I would be Javale if I had to pick one, because you could, you know, 
he's you don't have to worry about him getting played off the floor as quickly as Boban. But, yeah, I I mean I think the Celtics would probably play a lot smaller next year. But the thing is, like, you need if you wanna, you know, who you have to match up against, right? Like, you know that you need someone to body and beat. Right. Like that's that's the a big concern as they put this roster together. If they are serious about making a deep playoff run, you need someone who will, in all likelihood, like Marcus All has not opted in yet. I think he opts in or or makes his decision later this week. It's pr- I'm pretty confident that he will opt in. Um, so that's just another that's another big body you have to worry about it and take notice of and Giannis you know, the, too. Giannis yeah. too. Yeah, you need you you need legitimate rim protection for sure. Um, so, like the guy who I am most intrigued by, who I don't know if you could get him for the room exception, I kind of doubt it. Is Demarcus Cousins, who I would roll the dice on in a heartbeat. So Hoke, he'd he'd come back with the Warriors. I feel like before he would take that, because he'll get opportunity there next year. He'd get opportunity in Boston. True, but he, he's honestly probably going to get more there, especially with their with their current situation, right? Like, yeah, they're going to need someone to get buckets. Guys, real quick, let me mention uh, our sponsor, uh, BetOnline.ag. It's the best place to place your bets for basically anything you like to bet on. They have live betting. They have a virtual casino. Uh, new prop bet they have up today, guys. I saw is odds to win the NBA Rookie of the Year. You can probably guess who the favorite is for that one. Romeo Langford, Darius Garland. Yes, you're right. Uh, yeah, Zion is, is minus two hundred. But then you get what's interesting is not one of the Celtics picks made the top like twenty. I don't know what that's about. But anyways, if you if you have a hunch on who's going to win, Michael Porter <laughs> Jr. is 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 in is in the mix. He's he's up for Rookie of the Year this year. Forgot about him. Interesting. But uh, if you would like to get in on that action and basically anything else you'd like to bet on, Bet Online AG is CLNS Media's preferred sportsbook online. If you want to join the uh, join the fun and you'd like to support our podcast, which we would very much appreciate, go to clnsmedia.com backslash winning plays. Use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign-up bonus. That is CLNS50. BetOnline AG is your they are your online sportsbook experts. Uh, and I'm not betting on Jamarcus Cousins coming to Boston. I don't think I I don't know. And and I don't and I don't like I don't like the narrative of you know sort of the the bad rap that Boogie gets, but there is a bit of a a vibe that I don't know. I just, I just think you got to cleanse cleanse this 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 Celtics roster of of all that of all those vibes and just just move forward. I feel like Grant Williams is so his good essence is so powerful. Oh man, I love to him. overtake just I, he's like already my favorite Celtic of all time. So. <laughs> Um, just an absolute legend. I was so happy when they took him because not only did I mention his name on a podcast in which I had no idea what I was talking about as someone the Celtics should take, but I just loved how, like, as someone who bet on Tennessee to win it all, like, he, like he was actually someone I was paying attention to and he was actually good at basketball too. So it's a good draft pick, good draft, but we're not talking about the draft anymore. <laughs> Can he guard Giannis? We'll see. That's going to be a. We don't big, know yet. That's a pretty big part of his rookie year. <laughs> Has anyone tried to guard Giannis with wholesomeness yet? Maybe that's I mean, the. Maybe that's the secret. That's come the with, answer. Come of kindness. One hundred percent. A couple other random, cheap names, in terms of bigs. 
Um, does Taj Gibson have anything left, Mike? Oh, that's a good name. Because that's going to um, be a veteran. I feel like that's a veteran's men that's guy. Marcus, that's Marcus like, Morris hey, play here. But he can't take threes. No, yeah. It, I would... I've always loved him. I... I don't know. Like, the last... The last year in Minnesota wasn't the greatest thing ever, especially after Jimmy left. Um, that's an interesting name, though. Um, offensively, I don't think he would give you just about anything, which right. stinks. But uh, that's a smart veteran to add to a locker room also, which is something the Celtics are probably considering when they when they sign players this summer uh i wouldn't mind that for th- at the vet men at all so if you're losing horford you're we're presuming that marcus morris is gone yeah well but, if we're doing the the max if you're getting right, kemba then they, right. yeah, he's gone so yeah and i guess Kem- kemba replaces some of that from a from a veteran level but but mook and al i mean that's that's a lot of years you're you're you're, you're losing right there definitely definitely uh one more name to throw at you guys noah Actually looked half decent last year in Memphis. Vonley? No. <laughs> Yannick. I, I I didn't mind. I, I wouldn't mind Vonley um, if he was a bit taller. But uh, yeah, jo- Joaquin was. He he played well. He's like, young too. He is still. I was surprised how young he still was. He feels like he should be in his mid thirties based on how his career's gone. Thanks to Tom Tommy Tibbs. Right, but um, thanks to Tibbs and some hard living. Let's say. But he. I don't think but it's all like Tibbs in this case. As a roller in the pick and roll and just like someone who plays hard and can claps. still defend, claps, Cla- claps screams. Ten, minute, 10 minutes off the bench. I don't know. I guess I, again, someone, bargain basement shopping, I think you can do a lot worse. Like I'd take him over like McGee or someone like that um, in terms of what they can give you. Um, and I guess it's going to kind of like, what kind of team do they want to build right now? If you're getting a guy like Walker, are you going to be dependent on outscoring teams every night? Or do you have to say, okay, now I have to build a great defense around him um, to kind of cover up for his warts? Because there are there is some downside to, to Kemba here. Like, there and defense is probably number one up there, um, given his six-foot-one frame. Because that's... But the good news is the Hornets have had good defensive teams with him on it under Steve Clifford. So it's it's doable. He's a good defender for his size. I mean, we haven't really seen a huge sample of teams attacking him in the playoffs, which is a little worrisome. Like, I don't know who... It's because he hasn't... How many playoff games do you think he's played in his career, Mike? Uh, 11. Oh, you nailed it. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say five. <laughs> um... Uh, no, but, like, if, if you were... If he were in a playoff series against, say, the the Philadelphia 76ers, like who is he assuming they run it back? Like who is he defending? Right. That's, that's a tough one. Um, but I think he definitely outweighs it on the offensive end. So I wouldn't defense matters, but I I think he would make up for it for sure. As long as he's not trying to call himself onto Giannis (laughs) or Chris Middleton via switches, then it's an upgrade. I don't think you will ever get over this. No, he should. It is. I should not. This was, (laughs) Like, this is going to be my first question for Brad Stevens in a one-on-one this year. Be like, Brad, tell me what you're, like, let's, off the record here, what what were you thinking when you saw... He won't even be honest with you off the record. I know he won't be, but that's still, like, holy shit. 
I'm sorry. Go ahead, Rich. No. So should we, uh, I guess we've talked about Kemba for a little bit. Do you want to move on to, to maybe some of the other options for, if, if let's say this, this stealthness does not come through and the Celtics decide that they still want to go with this, the, this, this path of maxing out somebody. We got Vucevic, right? Um, uh, who I'm not crazy about. I know Pina, you're, you're into it a little. I mean, I, I like him as a, as a player. It just, it just screams out contract year for me. What happened last year? Um, Boo. I, I know that's that's just that's just the gut feeling, and it's not. I, you're not. I don't think you're getting that guy for the next, you know, however many years, three, four years uh, that you saw last year. Especially when you saw what happened in the playoffs too. That that, that wasn't very inspiring. Um, but who else? I mean, we, do do we take the? Do we, whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> I want to talk about Vucevic. <laughs> Jesus right, Christ! Yeah, I was, I was, I, I threw it out there. I didn't see anyone got anyone run with it. I mean. I do like Vucevic. Um, you know, it, I was talking to this is this is what I'm about to say doesn't exactly help my argument, but I was <laughs> I was talking to a former GM yesterday who was saying we were talking about the Celtics, and he said that um, hitting a uh, um, getting value on a max contract is the hardest thing to do as a GM in the NBA. And what he means by that is. If I were to max out LeBron James at whatever thirty-five million, let's say, LeBron James is actually worth like a hundred fifty million. If I were to max out Kevin Durant at that same price, he's actually worth a hundred twenty million. If I were to max out Vucevic at thirty-five or whatever number we're, we're using here, thirty-two point seven, I think is the technical number. It's like, is he worth thirty two point seven exactly? And then, and if that's the case, that's you have work to do on the rest of your roster. Um, but I think that for the Celtics, when you have Tatum, who is on a rookie scale deal, who is poised to be special, um, you have Smart on an extremely team friendly contract over the next few seasons, and you have Jalen for at least one more year, assuming they do not extend him. Um, they're not going to extend him. No, they, they, they're not going to. Um, at uh, on the the last year of his rookie scale deal, like I, I just think that it's not the worst contract in the world, especially with Gordon. I you know he will probably opt in, but who knows if he has a really good year, and then that opens up a little bit more financial flexibility. Like I think that Vucevic. I do not think last year was the result of a contract year. I think it was more the result of finally having a good above average head coach. And it was a guy who showed what he can do from behind the three-point line, who showed what he can do a little bit as a playmaker operating from the elbows, a guy who is extremely difficult to guard in the post, doesn't get to the free-throw line a ton because he loves to operate with those uh, little jump hooks, those baby hooks that don't really draw fouls a ton, but that's something he can work on. Um, just an efficient dude who's improved defensively. I think that he's uh, – the fact that he did all of this with the players that were around him in Orlando and took that team to the playoffs is is remarkable, even in the East. Um, I just I just like him. I think he'll be – he would be even better and make other players around him better uh, with the Celtics next season. I got the Celtics marketing slogan for him. What's that? Quote, it's not the worst contract in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'll say what, what, one thing that, that you said and uh, 
Mike, when you were breaking that down and you're talking about the value that, that each guy is on his contract at this point. And you said Jason Tatum's poised to be so much more than, than he is right now. So I think that would be a key, right? Like he, he would actually, we can't, we got to throw out the poised next year with, with Tatum. If, if you bring in Vucevic and you're going to have any aspirations of, of anything great. You know, he can't. He's he's got to be if that you, guy yeah, who's, yeah, who's, who's no. many times over his value. No, but I mean, it, it doesn't even matter who the Celtics sign this summer. If Tatum isn't, if Tatum doesn't make a leap, then what are we even talking about? Like that is that's a critical part of all of this, right? Who will help him more, Vucevic or Kemba, with making that leap? Wow, that's a that's an interesting question. Um, I don't know. I would actually, I would venture to say. I mean, both are huge. I, I, I like Vucevic as a five. Uh, Kemba, Kemba's pretty small. He's like six one. Right. Thank you. <laughs> My guess is Vucevic, too. I think Vucevic, yeah, sure. Like a, a five who can stretch and draw the opposing big man out to the perimeter is obviously a, a huge asset for a wing who one would imagine is going to look to drive the basketball more next season. That should be the number one thing he works on in his game, but we'll see. So that's what I would, I would, I would lean towards Vucevic in that respect. Um, especially, you know, he's also someone who can post up and draw two and, and let, uh, tilt the defense and let Tatum attack from off ball a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, that's a, that's actually a really good question. And I guess there's the I think fact it's an important that, question in terms of just what they're going to go. Yeah. And you you kind of said this and we've said we've all said this in one way or another but like if you don't get Vucevic there's a huge hole in the middle. And I mean there are other ways to do it but you're probably not going to find someone that's as good as him. And not that not that you're going to find someone as good as Kemba but like you do have other guys like if Marcus Smart needs to run point you can do it. If you for some reason there are other point guards that can run the show. I don't know that there there are as many guys like Vucevic that you can throw in the in the center and, and affect the game the way that he will. That's yeah, there's point. there's no doubt about that. But I guess the I don't know, I guess you look at just who is gonna live up to their contract. Like who has a better odds of doing that if you're gonna if it's gonna take max money for either of them. And my guess would be Kemba. Bira question. Yeah. What if would, okay, so would you rather give Vucevic a max? Let's pretend Kemba's like, no, no, I'm not going to Boston. Would you rather give Vucevic a max or nobody a max? Probably nobody. Okay, this leads us into, I think, the next part of our discussion. Perfectly. What a segue. <laughs> um, you have to, you have, someone else has to say that. No, you can't say it about Yeah, you can, you can, you can, you can. I know, just... but I, I wanted to give Daps. No, actually... <laughs> Um, we actually have, we're not even going to, yeah, we have a couple more. We do have them more names here. Yeah. So, I mean, way to blow your segment. Come on, I know. Yeah. Jeez. We'll, we'll set up for you for 10 minutes from now. We'll see if you can, <laughs> play, you can strike again. No chance. Uh, uh, I, I think that if you're, if you're, I, I still get, go back to the original state. I Kemba just, just feels right for what the city and what this team needs right now. You know, I, I think he's, everything you say about Vucevic, Kemba is certainly more proven He's certainly more of a of a leader in every way, shape, and form. Um, yeah, if if you if you I, I think I, if if you're gonna choose, and I know I, I I teetered maybe for a second there, but Kemba's still the guy for me. Okay, so here you're going up against for Kemba, like Dallas is obviously going to be in the mix there. 
Does Dallas have a stronger pitch talent-wise right now than you? To say what, our best player is also a point guard? <laughs> yeah, but that's. I feel like you can play that duo together pretty easily with success. I wonder. I mean, I, I think I think in that case, Kemba's the one who's going to be changing a lot of his game. He's not going to go in there and start blowing up Luka's deal. Um, and I think that I think that Doncic is is already that guy that sort of the Celtics would be looking for in Kemba in terms of a leader and sort of a floor general and sort of a guy that's going to, you know, do he needs. So I, I and I just think the New England aspect. I think maybe maybe it's the East Coast or staying in the East. Uh, I still the Celtics just seem like a much better fit for me if I'm Kemba Walker. I uh, what about the Knicks? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I, uh, I I actually agree with everything you just said, Rich. I don't really understand. I, I get bringing in talent for talent's sake, but if I were the Mavericks, that like Kemba is not a comp like a natural complementary piece next to Luca. It's it's like I just don't like that at all. But and who else? I mean, more where, where else like might he more go? Ball handlers on the floor. Yeah, like I think those are the two main. I mean, you, the Knicks will be there, but who knows? You know, you know they're not going to get anyone else. It looks like, assuming Katie's not going there, um, so they look like they're going to be empty-handed. And I can't see Kemba wanting to start from scratch there. The Clippers, if Kawhi stays in Toronto, like are kind of in no man's land. So, but they have Gilgis Alexander already and Lou Williams. So again, from a Fed standpoint, Kemba doesn't make a ton of sense. And then the Lakers, I guess, could try to open up the third slot if this all this stuff goes down. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Celtics, in terms of competition, like, they, I think they present the, the most opportunity to him right away if he's going somewhere else. I think short of the Lakers. I think the Lakers, from a winning standpoint, obviously, would be tough to, to top from a competing standpoint. The Pacers cannot open up max room can they or they, they definitely can they just have to renounce like a lot of guys okay cool i don't think anyone's i think that those uh, i think teams like utah indiana maybe even phoenix well utah's um, out after conley right that's what I, yeah that's what i was gonna say like those types of teams need to trade for players of 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 conley's talent of kemba's talent right etc yeah so that's i mean for the, if the Celtics, you know, Danny Ainge has sounded defiant in the last week here in terms of, like, people want to come play in Boston and we're still, you know, going to be in the mix. And I guess this is makes sense to be what he has on his mind right now as a, I don't know if this is an option A, but this is obviously a a top-tier option. Not as, I don't think this is a slam-dunk option. Like, I, I'd definitely be interested in, like, looking at other potential possibilities, um, in terms of allocating your resources, or but this is obviously going to be one of the top ones on the list. It seems like. All right, so should we move on real quick just to cover the other realistic? Because I we can't talk about Kawhi as much as I want to for the next six hours. Um. um so D'Angelo, Kevin, Kevin Durant getting that phone call, Mike? <laughs> they're going to make a phone call, though. Oh, of course they're going to make a phone call. I mean, it, he was potentially not the his, the second choice of his of his in free agency in 2016 was the Celtics probably we don't definitively know that I don't think but he has a prior interest in them at least giving them a meeting then um Rich do they call him to warm up about Kyrie 
Well, I mean, I think I think Kyrie and 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 KD are probably close enough that that I don't I don't know if that would work, <laughs> but you know, drive I, a wedge. That'd be interesting. I mean, at this point, I'm they, I'm sure they don't feel like they owe any, they owe anything to Kyrie after uh, this off season. Uh, they'd have to be able to talk to him first, I think. But um, but yeah, no, I, they're they're definitely going to reach out to KD. Um, is there any chance now that he would come? I don't see I don't see it now. With Kyrie, it made a lot of sense, but. I, I don't know why you, especially just where he is, why you just kind of take that chance and, and roll the dice with what's going on in Boston. Um, but maybe if he wants to just, if, he, if he's into the drama, if he wants to, he, he maybe take another meeting. Hopefully Kelly Olynyk doesn't go to this one. <laughs> I heard that was maybe the difference maker last time. Oof. But yeah, I, I, and I was, I was pushing the KD train for a little bit this year, but I'm, 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 I'm fully off. You're off? I've abandoned ship, yeah. If he said he wanted to come to Boston, you would not offer him a max contract. Oh no, I'm off on him. Even like it, like it's like Uncle Dennis for me now. Oh wow. Yeah, I just I it just I don't know. It 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 just no longer makes sense given his situation, given the Celtic situation, for him to just pick up and especially we don't even know who knows what the Celtics will look like by the time he's ready to take the floor. Just seems like there are a lot yeah, like the more options point. that just make more sense. All right, so let's let's talk about D'Angelo Russell for a minute. Um, Kyrie two <laughs> Jesus, that's how it feels a little bit, right? I mean, he's 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 the high volume guy. He they, their games are are pretty similar. That's why there's no chance that they, I think they'll be able, they'll be able to play together. But I think you bring a guy like D'Angelo in, and you're in the similar. You're kind of sink, sinking or swimming with with his ability to to turn things on or off during the during crunch time. That's how it feels for me. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I saw him up close last year, saw every Nets game in person just about. I mean, I was a fan. I thought he should have been an all-star. That was deserved. Um, I think the one part of his game that's a little different than Kyrie is just his willingness to pull up from behind the three-point line, which I, I love. Uh, and I think he's just a – I think Kyrie is a really good passer. I think D'Angelo is kind of a brilliant passer. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, defensively, it's tough, and I don't know if D'Angelo will ever be even passable on that end, which is worrisome. Um, How tall is he, Mike? 6'5". Six, 6'5", five. Six, five. okay. That's the yeah. job. So considerably bigger than Kemba. He's, he's definitely larger. He's just, but I, I, I think Kemba's a, uh, just a, I think Kemba's a better defender in a lot of ways. Um I mean, he was D'Angelo was benched several times last year in crunch time because there he just doesn't really know where to be still on the defensive end at points, uh, which is worrisome. But I mean, in terms of what you're betting on here, I mean, he's 23 years old right now. That's the big upside here. He just made an All Star team, second over. I mean, he has pedigree up the ass, like huge talent. And you need to expand on that a little bit know, more. Yeah. Pedigree up the ass. Yeah, yeah. He's a <laughs> former number two, f- f- former <laughs> former number two pick in the draft. I thought uh, you were talking about his family. <laughs> oh uh, no, that's not what I was talking about. Um, Played high school with Ben Simmons. And right? sure, yeah, uh, very talented player. And I, 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 I'm trying to think about how the fit would be. Um. Like his usage would have to come down, I would imagine, dramatically. And 
he might not even be as good. What would he, if he were in the Celtics next year, would he be like, what, what, where would you put him as the X best player? Would he be the third, second? Like where, where would he be? So that's the thing with him. I don't know if he has the ability to thrive if he's not number one, just by the nature of his game. That's what kind of concerns me. Like he's a guy and everything you said about him, I, I agree with for the most part. Like I really, and I loved watching him this past year, but he's kind of one of those guys. I think I just love watching more when, it's from afar, mm. you know, when you don't have to live and die with his, with his mistakes or, or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. Because he, because who do you want taking shots, him or Tatum, him or Gordon? At times, he's, he's one of the best shot makers in the league, right? I mean, there, there, were, there were stretches of games this year where he was straight unstoppable when it mattered most. But I just don't know if he knows another way. Against the Celtics. Yeah, right. Exactly. That one game. Wow. Yeah. But it happened, uh, you know, a handful of times. All of these guys have killed the Celtics this year. <laughs> it's like the Doc yeah. Rivers thing. You get everyone that kills you. Exactly. It kind of That's kind of how it's working out right now. The Magic had their way with the, the Celtics this year, too. So Brad's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I'm concerned. I don't know, Mike. You got a real close look at him in the playoffs, too, against the Sixers, where his yeah, numbers were, were exactly. He was just dismal after that first game. Um, how much do you put that on him? You know, I credit too much on himself or no, I just credit Ben Simmons. I thought Ben Simmons did a really good job and that was a really tough matchup. And I mean, Ben Simmons in the, in in the second round, the job that he did on Kawhi Leonard, I I hope people don't forget that was also incredible. Uh, so, so yeah. Um, and D'Angelo Russell is not even close to Kawhi Leonard as an offensive player. So, um, that was tough, but I, I, it's like they were depending on him so much. Karras was coming back from the injury. Spencer is is really good, but I, I don't know. In his first playoffs, he struggled a little bit in that in that regard. Um, so I just wonder about like if you're D'Angelo and you don't have to do so much, and your responsibilities lessen, and your usage drops. Like you should be more efficient, even in a playoff setting, but. But I don't know. I, I I wouldn't be like super pumped if the Celtics signed him, and I and I kind of feel like if they did, because it's the uh, the lowest uh, max threshold, that that would just be more of a trade contract than anything. Yeah. So it's twenty seven point two million would be his max, as compared to Kemba, which would be thirty two point seven. So not. I mean, five million. Um, well, you got to factor that also into: could you get like, could you sign DeAndre Jordan for that extra five million? Or, right, like you know, it's true. It's a that's in terms of again allocating your resources, rounding out the team. What options do you have via trade if you're signing all of it for Kemba versus who wants to come play for five million? And then you still have the cap, the room level exception of four point six million that you can't combine, but you can spend separately. So you could ask, you could add two decent players in D'Angelo as opposed to one with Kemba in free agency. So hmm. again, all these hypotheticals, they're going to have to run through, you know, all these scenarios with deep dives to figure out, okay, where, if we're, especially if they're planning on, okay, we think we can still put together a East contender next year, like what's the best path to do it and which guy is the best way to use resources for one more thing on D'Angelo, less than three foul shot attempts a game. Yeah, that's worrisome, Rich. That's a good number to bring up. 
That's for his uh, career. I mean, that's that's every year. He's he's and especially you figure last year when he's you know playing a career high thirty minutes, he's shooting almost 20, 20 times a game. Uh, yeah. And he's a good foul shooter too. I mean, he's in the high seventies, but just not getting there. It's very very Kyrie in terms of preferring to pull up um, than take contact. It feels like. Um, one other name I think that's worth bringing up here. Uh, not a max guy, but it's going to take a significant chunk of change to get him. So we'll pull him in here is Malcolm Brogdon. Um, restricted free agent with the bucks. The bucks are got Chris Middleton and some other big names also hitting the market. So they're going to be Brooke Lopez, Brooke Lopez, um, George Hill, obviously huge, you know, but <laughs> I love Brooke that George Lopez Hill comes up every, and every Chris Middleton will be enough. <laughs> Hey, if they get Vucevic, George Hill will be on the uh, the radar as a, a chief That's signing. That's true, yeah. The room exception. But Brogdon, I don't know. That's a guy 50-40-90 last year, has the injury concerns with the plantar fasciitis that kept him out for a couple months, but not the upside of Russell, but far more steady right now on the offensive end that can – you know, really give teams nightmares um, based on his ability to shoot and drive from anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I think his his value comes on the other end too, for sure. Um, and he's just someone who he would be a better complement in terms of I can plug him in and know how he'll help uh, Gordon, how he'll help Tatum, Jalen, all those guys. Um, so. So that's good. He can switch a ton. He can guard up and down positions. Um, I, yeah, I like him. I think that if you're the Bucks, you kind of have to match almost anything. Uh, you know, it, 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 there could be a wild offer sheet out there from someone. Like, if I were Dallas, that's the player I would be targeting over Kemba. He's just a much better fit next to Luka Doncic. But... Again, if I'm the Bucks, I don't really have a lot of options now because I'm 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 capped out, and I try I'm trying I'm trying I need to use my cap space that I I'm about to open up to sign Brooke Lopez and uh, Chris Middleton's about to get a max. So, like, are how deep into the tax are they willing to go? I think is the question. And if you want to to keep Giannis around, you're gonna have to pay. So I just don't know how realistic Brogdon is. Uh, I, I agree with you on that Dallas part. Like that's and the same, and for the same reason, I don't. I know he's a great player, and I understand what he brings to the table. And like the idea of like him and Marcus Smart in a backcourt together is kind of inspiring. Um, it's kind of wild that him and Kyrie are the same age, Brogdon and Kyrie. He's. Uh, I know he like that was part of the deal with him, right? He was he was old right, coming in, right. um, but you forget that sometimes. Um, but yeah, you know, I. I is it possible that he's become like a little bit overrated in our in our eyes? Who Brockton? Yeah, I mean, I know he's I, I, not our eyes, just the general public. I know he's great, right? But I don't know. I just know I don't know if 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 giving him that kind of money, unless you're the Bucks and you're trying to keep that together, is going to be uh, the right move for long term championship building. Like when we say that kind of money, we're not talking a max, right? Just no. to get us on the same like, like, I, like when I say the type of money I think that you would need to to pull him away is like upwards of twenty million right. on the in the first year, which is, I mean, for 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 the sake of relativity, like uh, 
they just signed Bledsoe to an extension starting at 15.6. So they would be paying essentially, I mean, Bragdon isn't their backup point guard or anything, but that's like, that's just, that wouldn't be good for the locker room, I would imagine. Um, right. But yeah, so, so, I mean, Bragdon, I don't know. I don't think he's overrated. Um, like, I think he's super valuable and he kind of showed his value in the playoffs last year in the conference finals. He was really good. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Does, uh, do you make an offer to force the Bucks' hand? No. I don't tie up my cap space in that. I don't think it's worth it, to be honest. This would be assuming that, like, Kemba, like, Kemba and Vucevic are gone. No, I, I, I would, if Kemba and Vucevic are gone, there are definitely other unrestricted free agents I would turn my sights to who I can get, I think, at a much more team-friendly uh, situation. Um, but it's it's only tied up for three days now. Two. Two. Excuse me. Yeah. So, like, I, I don't know, like, I... I try to make life miserable for my yeah, but fellow I, rivals. Everybody's got cap space this summer, man. I, two days could be an eternity. I, you know, I you don't tell, know. Sit tight, good buddy. We got to <laughs> wait for you. Like, you know? Yeah, maybe. I, um, I think the Celtics need to think about the. I mean, not that this was the reason things went awry, but like, we're looking at if if Kawhi stays in Toronto, like, that's you know. And that's something that could have been prevented last summer. Like, that's big. So, again, if you have an opportunity like this where you can't prevent it, but you can at least, you know, at least make them pay through the nose for it, assuming you don't have better options right away, and that's who you're going to be fighting for the next decade, like, But doing it with Brogdon is more like if you're doing it with, like, Van Vliet or Siakam as opposed to Kawhi, I feel, you know? Yeah, I get that. But if you like him anyway at that number... This know, is su- this is such a Brooklyn Nets like 2014 move. I feel or 2015 yeah, Brooklyn Nets. He's move. better than Alan Crabb, though. Yeah, that's fair. D- didn't you hear um, that the Celtics and Nets changed bodies this summer? Right? Yeah, Jesus. So we didn't ask this before to like just to wrap up the Max Regis like talk. Like what in terms of going after a Max guy for you for Walker or Vuce or whoever? Like if if Kawhi is staying and that becomes clear early before any other decisions are made and Duran is coming to Brooklyn with Kyrie, does that change anything in terms of what you guys are doing or how to plan it, how you're planning your team building? Well, for me, I don't think that, I mean, obviously it would be great if, if Kawhi was not in Toronto anymore, but that doesn't, to me, that doesn't present like a, a warrior situation where like, Oh, okay, let's just, just wait a few years until, until Kawhi's done. You know, that's, that still seems a team that you can attack and have realistic aspirations of, because who knows what's going to happen, right? Long season, we don't know about Kawhi's long-term health or any of that. Um, I think you're still in a position where you can pr- pretend or at least assume that you can compete with that Raptors team. Yeah, I agree with I agree with Rich. Um, if I were the Celtics, I would be building my team out for the sake of building my team and trying to put the best product I could on the floor. Uh, like Lowry's really old, getting older. Marcus if he comes back, he'd be a year older. That's like thirty. I think those they would both be thirty four. Maybe, maybe Gasol's thirty five. I, I mean, Siakam could make a leap, which would be really scary. But I don't know. I, like Danny Green's a free agent. Are they going to bring him back? Um, so I, I would. I mean, they can I, also trade for another star too. Toronto. 
By moving who? Siakam? Yeah. I don't think they're going to do that. But um, well, Thankfully for them, Ibaka is only 24 still. um yeah no i i it would not really affect my calculus that that much if i if i could get one of those max guys i don't know i would i guess i would be more i would think more about setting myself up for next year like you know when you potentially have more cap room open and you can put together more assets and Tatum is a year closer to being at his pinnacle rather than wrapping up long-term money in a guy that may or may not take you to the next level. So what's that look like this year, B-Rob, if you, if you go that route? Yeah. So, I mean, we will go and get into it more now, yeah, but I, we talked about it a little bit last week, um, just in terms of, you know, you take on a guy on a, a fat contract and take some assets. And maybe get a good value free agent signing or two on the open market with what's left over. Yeah, kicking the can down the road and hoping in, you know, three years or no, whatever. like even less than that. Like, well, yeah, but you're kind of like lining it up to be dominant when Tatum is in his prime, right? That's kind of the plan in that situation. Um, to a degree, I think it's more just reloading yourself with assets to to be able to pounce on when the next star becomes available without having to give up Tatum. Yeah. And you don't know and hopefully that's within three years. You just don't know when that's gonna be. Let's be honest, it's gonna be like in two weeks. <laughs> right? I with mean that, but that's been that's why I agree with it's that. happened in the last two months. And and that and that and you and we and we talked about this, you know, a couple of weeks ago and Mike, I think it was your idea, the idea of the idea of planning for the future in the NBA is just almost just seems like a lost cause because the future is so chaotic. We just it, it, every single week, certainly every single season, it's not what you think it was. Reality yeah. changes. It's fruitless. What if Jason Tatum demanded a trade? <laughs> like, I mean, it, it's like anything could happen. I don't know. I my that's why my my mentality is especially this year. I could not say it more times than I already have, but I would be trying to be as good as possible and then see what happens. But yeah. Um, should we really quickly talk about how the Celtics could use their cap space um, to trade for potential guys who are either on max contracts or um, sure, yeah, like not bad uh, of that talent, yeah, vet sure, like vet max uh, landing spots. Yeah, um, I think we're going to probably have to split this up into two parts and and talk about more of the depth free agent signings and, and, yeah, and be later other this week. options. Yeah, we'll do that later this week. But for now, like, we've talked a little bit about some of these names in other episodes, but not all of them. And uh, so why don't we just kind of do a rundown? I'll just, I'll just read names and you guys kind of give me your thoughts on what the Celtics, how, how interested the Celtics should be. And in, in, instead of signing a, a free agent, trading for one and just absorbing their contract into the cap space. Um, right. B-Rob, let's, let's rank you, each guy one, one to ten on the likelihood that you, that you want him on board. Just to start real quick when the names come out here. Okay. Uh, first name is Steven Adams, Oklahoma City Thunder Center. Okay, I take back the one through ten thing. I don't think that's going to work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, ahead, that's a different category. That's a, that's a bad contract. So, yeah. like, if – but we can do that maybe with other guys. We can change it. But with Adams, like, yeah, like, if – the problem is OKC – 
is they've already sold off a lot of their first round picks, and I don't really have any interest in him at his contract. So you um, just don't. You're out on years. Adams. I'm out on Adams unless you're getting like two first round picks, which you're not going to get probably. Dude, his contract isn't that bad. It's not that bad, but it's not good enough to take him for one first round pick. Ugh. I'd rather do other things with twenty five million dollars. Yeah, and, mm. and and his his offense is a bit of a problem in today's in today's game. Yeah, I mean, he, like, and he's not a good like. He can't even shoot foul shots. He's 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 he was fifty fifty percent right. last year. He's sixty one percent is his career high. Had, did not did not attempt a single three pointer last year. Uh, and if for that kind of money in, in Brad Stevens' offense, if you're going to be playing the kind of minutes they need you to play, you know that that that's why you pay Aaron Baines that. You know that that's that's where you get that that right. those Steve Adams traits. I feel like. Okay, forget the, I ever said Stephen. Hold on a sec, no. though. Before <laughs> we move on, the the Thunder cap sheet. Like gross. Paul George might be the next guy available, like next year, based on the way their cap sheet is going, and like how little progress they've made because they have no avenues to get better. They have a lot of bad contracts. They have no. They are running out of future first round picks. So Sam Presti is a hell of a GM, but I don't know how the hell he gets out of this. And would you even make a call about Russell Westbrook if it if if he was being shopped? Well, he said. Sam Presti said recently that he was he admitted that he's go, he has to cut right salary, which is remarkable that he said that in public. Um, I, I to answer your question, I'm not really pumped about Russell Westbrook, but mm. if you're the Celtics and like I don't know that I mean I'm calling five can you times. can you can you can you win the title <laughs> can you win the title. Is, that's what the, the question that I would be asking myself if I had Russell Westbrook. Can I win the title in any of the next first like one or two years? Because that contract is really really bad. Right. I would think no. Just watching Westbrook's game, um, but it is like a, a a backup backup plan hypothetical. I'd, I'd be more like for, hey. for for people out there who don't know, Westbrook's owed thirty eight million next year, forty one the year after that, forty three. Point eight the year after that, and then a forty six point six million dollar player option in two thousand twenty three. <laughs> like that is a lot right there. You also wanted Chris Paul a couple weeks ago. Shout out to Chris Paul. For <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think I mean I don't know. I what, what if what if Brad can somehow can somehow tame the tame the beast? I mean that's the only that's the only option. Can do it with Kyrie, right. and I'm not even I'm not like. Yeah, I'm not even like hating on Westbrook. It's more like the age and the physical decline that I'm much more worried about. And the jumper was. I'll hate on Westbrook. The, 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 he was terrible in the last few postseasons. Yeah, yeah. I'll say I'd call about Paul George five times before I called once yeah. about Russell. They're not going to trade Paul George until um, they have to blow it up and yeah. they need to get something before he walks. Yeah. Um, next next offseason. Ready to mark it down. Yeah. Um, okay, next guy is uh, Brad Beal. Who we have talked about quite a bit. Who makes? He's making twenty-seven million next year. He can fit easily into Boston's cap space. What would you? I guess you know you obviously have to put it together a really nifty package there. Eight. That's my interest on the one to ten scale. Eight. Okay. Yeah. So what are you willing to? So the number one asset I would assume the Celtics are would have to give back is Jalen Brown would be at the top of the list in terms of someone that they'd be actually willing to give up. Um, Jalen and Memphis pick, I think I'd do it if you got like Kemba here too. 
Um, like so, you're not taking him into cap room, but you have enough salary you can send out to get him. That's a team right there, huh? So you're you're saying in this in this pie in the sky, we got Kemba, Beal, Hayward, and Tatum. Yeah. Then you're bringing Marcus off the bench. And you're bringing Marcus off the bench. Marcus might have to go to make the money work. Hopefully not. Um, so wait, so you're saying you're starting Greg Steesma, Steesma at center? Right. I mean, yeah, you're saying you're starting a veterans minimum. Yeah. Wait. So you're saying that you? How would you get all the both those guys? You would you would sign Kemba with cap room. Yeah. And then you would cobble up enough salary to match Beal. He's making twenty seven. I know. So Smart would have to go. Uh, yeah, that would be tough. Um, so Smart for the jailing. sake of this exercise. Yeah, for the sake of this exercise, assume that um, we didn't. That Kemba is not involved. Because that, that just seems really difficult to pull off. Um, if Kemba's not involved, then I'm down to like a six. Okay, cool. Um, okay, next player, Demar Derozan. Hmm. Rich, what's your number, Rich? I'm taking into the, the, the Boston. Fa- I'm gonna I'm gonna say four. Negative two. Yeah. Negative two. Okay. Well, one. again, I love love, love, <laughs> it, love his game, but I think he's one of those guys that would rather love him afar. It would be a contract year for Demar. Um, if you want Tatum to develop, you don't want Demar here. Tana, Demar's, you know, developing as a player. I, 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 I totally get what you guys are saying. I'm pushing back just for the sake of argument. I think adding a, a talent of that level would be intriguing if there's no other option. That's that's. It's just a it's a path towards getting better because I think he does make your team better. But yeah, I guess you guys do not like that one. Um, <laughs> All right, let's run through these. Let's run through these last three really quick here. Um, uh, Lamarcus Aldridge, Demar Derozan's teammate in San Antonio. I'm going to match B Rob's minus two on that one. Oh come on! No, no, no. So I'm here. I'm, I'm higher on him than that. He's good, man. I if, if especially if you're getting Kemba here. If you're getting Kemba here, I'm at like a, I'm an eight. If you're not, I'm like a four or a five. Isn't it, I mean, what is he? Is he passing a little bit better these days, or is he still kind of a black hole? I, you know, I don't. That, that, Fine that's passer, the thing, that's really the thing good that defender. He had a great um, year last year. Last two years, he's had a pretty awesome career. I'm not going to take I that like away Marcus. from him. You know, he's like a he's an eight time All Star, I believe. Like he's a, he is a, a a legit dude. I, I just, especially where you talk about team ball, Chris passing. I guess he did exist with the Spurs, so you can't really talk too much shit there. But I don't know. He's always he's always seems like kind was, of a downer was, <laughs> a little bit to me. I don't know. <laughs> was he on the floor when they didn't foul at the end of Game Seven? I believe he was. Okay, yes. so that's that's a mark against them. Um, not a high basketball IQ, I guess. I, uh, I'm with, it's rich. I agree with Rich. Agree. Like he is. If you're, it's his passing is not a, make him a perfect fit for this offense. I feel like it's just in terms of he seems like he he's old school post up, but the shooting ability from the mid range would be a very nice weapon to have. I mean, just so we're clear, like, quote-unquote, like, this offense, like, it's not like the Celtics have ever looked, like, you know, incredible on that end with Brad Stevens as the head coach. I'm just going to throw that out there, but... That's fair. um, But for everything that Al Horford was, you know, supposed... And granted, a lot of that was defensively, but, like, you know, I think that that LaMarcus lacks 
some of that. And that's kind of the role that he would be playing just in terms of just like as the, as the somewhat undersized center, I guess, for most of the time, right? Yeah. So I just want to really quickly, Celtics have been 18th, 11th, 8th, 18th, and 10th since Brad Stevens has been the head coach in offensive rating. Um, so, okay. So last two real quick. Um, Kevin Love got a big contract. Three. Yeah, because if with everything that we've just discussed, I think if you're bringing a big guy, you need someone that's going to be able to defend the rim a little bit, play defense a little bit better than Love. And I always kind of dream of what he might look like. And I keep talking about Steven's system or just with the Celtics in general. But you'd need a you'd need a, a legit center for it to be worth it. I think. So it wouldn't be impossible to then sign a pretty good center, I think. You know, Love is quote-unquote only making 28.9, which is about three, a little less than three million less than it would take to sign Kemba. Um, you would still have, I don't even probably, the Celtics can open up, what, 34 B-Rob? Yeah, 34 and change. Yeah, so I think that you could probably get someone interesting at the five if you if you were to trade Kevin Love and... Um, give Cleveland a humongous, uh, trade exception. Um, I don't know. I, I, I like, Who's if, the, if, if the price was right, i.e. you don't really have to give up anything of value, which is not really real, realistic. Right. Um, like I wouldn't the Cavs, really, the Cavs aren't in that mode now, right? Like they're, they're going to watch something. I don't know what, yeah, I don't know what mode they're in there. Whatever. Guys, who's, but, o- who's older, Kyrie or Kevin, I mean, uh, Kemba or Kevin Love? Kevin Love. Kemba. Kevin Love is like a year and a half older than, than Kemba. Damn, I'm getting good at Kemba, this quick, Kemba quick draw that, tri- trivia questions. <laughs> Kemba always had like that old man mustache, I think, that makes him look a little bit <laughs> older. Um, okay, so you guys are out on Love? Yeah. I, I, in, a, in, a, in the right spot, I, 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 can, I can feel it, but as... Championship experience. Sure. Ooh. Great rebounder, great passer, great shooter. Tough to see him on the floor against Giannis in big games. Mm. Okay. The last <laughs> player. Um, I'm sure there's probably others that we're missing, but this is a list that we compiled. So the last player, I think, who's who qualifies here is uh, Drew Holiday. Um, you know, there's been a lot of public reports from David Griffin saying that, you know, this is Drew Holiday's team in New Orleans and he has no interest in trading him, but... That could that could pivot pretty quickly, I would imagine, if you, if the right offer came along, they might be posturing right there. Um, What's Drew's if money try again? To do a total rebuild with three rookies on the roster. Drew Holiday is making like twenty seven a year. He is making twenty six over the next two years, and then he has a twenty seven million dollar player option for two thousand twenty two. So I mean, crazy to say, but that's reasonable, I think, for him. Yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, I would be thrilled. I love Drew Holiday, and like him next to Marcus Smart is amazing. I mean, your cultural identity is just—it's right there um, in the defense in the backcourt. You have two of the best, if not the best, defenders at their position on the same team. Uh, what would you love for him, Mike? Though, like, what's he worth to you? For some reason, I love the Memphis pick, and I, it's almost untradeable. But I think I would, I would fork over the Memphis pick, and I would fork over 
And I, I'd probably fork over Jalen too. Well, that's I didn't want to say it out loud, but I'm glad you did first. But I, I think I'm with you. I'm even I'm even not the Memphis pick. I mean, I think I think Jalen is, especially that's someone that I think the Hornets can probably get a, the Pelicans. Sorry, can get a little uh, a little excited about. I mean, Drew is tw- he just turned 29 13 days ago. That's not super great, but his game doesn't seem like one that'll age poorly. It's not super duper based on athleticism. Right. Um, I mean, he just had just a crazy good year last year, too. Um, and I missed one of the pretty most... tough circumstances as well. With his wife? Oh, I was just meaning just, just with like the... Oh, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> yes. The, wait, uh, that was a few years ago. Was there, That was a couple of years ago, yeah. Yeah, no, I just meant just with the Anthony Davis situation and just everything that was going on there. No, for sure. Um, yeah. So, B. Rob, you're you're you have not given a verdict here on Drew Holiday. What are your thoughts? I like Drew Holiday a lot. Um, I would be hesitant to give up. When you have, I would much rather sign someone outright in free agency than give up significant assets for him. Yeah. No, I probably, I probably forked over too much. What <laughs> I just said. I love the use uh, of fork, though. Yeah. But it would be. I think it would be an interesting discussion if Horford was still here. Um. And then at which point you wouldn't be half cap room. And then I would probably think about making that offer with Brown and the Memphis pick for him. Um, and cause that is a, a squad right there, but without Horford in the mix, um, then I don't see the appeal of, of trading him when you have cap room. I want to ask one quick, uh, one more quick one through 10 here, as we're talking about, you know, what to do. I don't know if you call it the center position, the post position rim, rim protecting. What, uh, what are the chances that, that Time Lord is actually a significant part of this next year. Good. <laughs> I mean, okay, I'm fine. Maybe he'll make whether you like it or not, he's might be the significant, but what are the chances that he's actually out there earning real minutes and a guy that, that you could maybe count on in a playoff series? Not lean on, but maybe like count on a little bit, you know? Talk to me in two weeks after summer league. I'm talking to you right now. One through ten. <laughs> <laughs> um four. What do you think, I mean, it's possible, but I don't think it's probable. Um, yeah, I'm right around there. I think too. I, I don't know. He didn't really do anything in his rookie year, and he got much of a chance. No, yeah, but he, yeah, no, I'm not blaming him. But stepping into a big role would be tough. Yeah. Uh, I think in year two. So you still operate like he's not going to be there, and you'd be pleasantly surprised if he if he does. He's one of those players. He's kind of like a gravy player for me, like. Everything good he does, I think he's David Robinson, and everything <laughs> bad, I completely ignore. Yeah, I like that. That's that's why it's that's like the Tommy Heinsohn. That's what he does. That's why he gets yeah. into trouble sometimes with comparing people. <laughs> Just sees the best in everyone. It's a it's a nice trait. Yeah, but dangerous at the same time. Very big summer for him. Um, with summer league coming up next week, we are going to get back a few guys uh, later this week to explore an alternate route for the Celtics this summer, um, which involves not going after Max Reagent, but spending their cap room on a variety of uh, mid-level options that can, you know, round out the roster and potentially give them some more uh, trade capital for down the line. So we'll be back with you guys for that for Thursday um, or Friday. We will but be on the lookout for that. Uh, again, if you are still listening, subscribe to the winning plays podcast and um rich we have to get uh some insight from you from your scouting 
over the past week too. Yeah, that's what that this time. That, so. That'll be the uh, the third podcast of the week. Will be right. richest scouting trip. All right, we look forward to that. Um, all right, thanks for listening, guys. It should be a fun week coming up, and we'll get back with you guys next week or this week.